Everybody, welcome to Revved Up for Sunday. We are two-thirds of the clergy of St. Mark's Episcopal Church in New Canaan, Connecticut. I'm Peter Walsh. I'm Elizabeth Garnsey. And our compatriot, the Reverend Dr. Justin Crisp, is on maybe Mary time and not Martha time. He's on vacation, so we'll see if we can handle this without Justin's voluminous knowledge. So today we have uh, an iconic piece of scripture. We have Luke 10, verses 38 to 42. It's Mary and it's Martha. These are two people we know. As Jesus and his disciples went on their way, Jesus entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. So she came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. The Gospel of the Lord. Wow. Yes. <laughs> well, since it's fresh in my mind, what comes to me is that this follows straight uh, off the heels of last week's Gospel, the story of the Good Samaritan. So they, you know, they're in the same chapter, chapter 10. And uh, so the temptation, I think, here is to pit Mary and Martha against each other and have this con contemplation versus action life or calling as one is better than the other. But in, if we go back to the story of the Good Samaritan, the lawyer who asked Jesus, you know, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus says, what do you see written in the law? And the man says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus says, you have answered rightly. Right. So, you know, the two commandments are, you know, love God. Maybe we could frame that as contemplative or prayer or, you know, sitting at the feet of Jesus and love your neighbor as yourself, which is what the parable went on to illustrate mm, for the good right. Samaritan, for yeah. the lawyer. And our exemplar in that story is the Samaritan, the man who takes action and helps his neighbor and does nothing, you know, stops at nothing to see that their needs are met and so on. And here, so, so then we get this story that seems to, to sort of elevate the idea of sitting at Jesus' feet. Um, and maybe that's the counterweight to the action of the Samaritan. Um, so, so here's Mary choosing the better part, you know, to sit at Jesus' feet. Um, but so, you know, we have Martha busy with her thing, but it's not the same as the action that the Samaritan has taken. Right, right. So I think that we also, um, you know, we can focus on the two of them, that Mary's chosen the better part vis-a-vis -vis Martha and her busyness. But it's really that um, she, she's taken the better part because she's not um, resentful. You know, she's sitting at Jesus' feet. And Martha's busy. You know, she's probably doing something great, making lunch for Jesus. I mean, isn't that a good thing? And that has to be a good thing. But the problem is that she's, you know, taken on too much, you know, more than she can handle by herself. And she's also really upset with Mary and like rivaling her with for Jesus' approval or attention or mm, whatever. Yeah. 
and she's focused on Mary, what, she, what Mary is or isn't doing. And then the third thing she does is what we all do from time to time is triangle. You know, we want to bring Jesus in and say, you know, look at Mary, what she's doing to me and go tell her to help me. You know, Martha doesn't go out there and say, Mary, come and help me. And I think all of us do, we love to triangle and, and solve our problems by getting someone else drawn in. And so the picture that paints of Martha is that she, um, you know, her problem isn't that she's busy and acting and not contemplating at the feet of Jesus. It's more that she's not focused on Jesus in the midst of her work. You know, she's focused on Mary. She's focused on being resentful and that kind of thing. So I think that um, we have the equal, you know, beauty of a life of action and the life of contemplation. There's no place for resentment and um, competition and, you know, rivaling people or resenting them because they are contemplative or too active or whatever. Yeah. Wow, you've just, you just like laid out a, a tremendous amount of the, the question of the story here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think one of the things that you and I talked about, I don't know if it was last week, or that these stories all stand the test of time. I mean, mm-hmm. Luke, as a, Luke as a former and a teacher, a former of a narrative and a teacher of a narrative, Jesus' teachings of the Good Samaritan and Mary and Martha, uh, these, these characters don't dim with time. We right. are still, like you're just talking about the nuances and the wrestling of this. And in, you know, as Luke tells the story, I mean, in some sense, the story fits in a way that you're talking about. In another sense, the story kind of is, you know, Luke leaves out all the geography, right? Yeah. He, we're still in the travelogue going toward <laughs> Jerusalem. He doesn't want to get to Jerusalem yet. Luke doesn't want to. But we're there. I mean, Bethany mm-hmm. is just on, the, just on the other side of the Mount of Olives. It's within two miles of, mm-hmm. of the Temple Mount, and it's where Jesus stayed here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, I think that as we enter into these characters, uh, I mean, we find these characters in some sense, timeless. Just uh, for those who are looking for some of the background here. So this story is only in the Synoptic Gospels, the Martha and Mary story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's only in Luke. It's not in, it's not in Mark and it's not in Matthew. There's no, there's no discussion of, 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 of either Mary or Martha in, the, in Matthew or Mark. And then in John's Gospel, of course, there's a fair bit. Mm-hmm. And, and yet they, the, you know, Mary and Martha, these are like people we know, right? Yeah. These, yeah. We know these people. Uh, and in, in John's telling, I mean, Martha, what's Martha doing in John's gospel? She's, she's serving mm-hmm. the food. And they, you know, they come to the, the village is Bethany in John's gospel. And Bethany is, La- is called Lazarus City mm-hmm. in, in John's gospel. And today, I can't, I'm, I would butcher the, the uh, Arabic name of it. I've been to the, the village, um, but it's renamed and it's, it's named after Lazarus. Hmm. And so, yeah, yeah, so it says the village is Lazarus. But then we hear in, 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 in uh, John's gospel that it's Mary's village, but in here we get it's Martha's home. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and so we, we, we get a lot of Martha as, oh, the contemplative one. Right. But Mary's village sounds like she's not the contemplative, sounds like she's, she's the extrovert out there. Uh, in the street, and the way they name the way they name Mary and Martha and Lazarus, it seems that Martha was likely to be the oldest in the household, mm-hmm. uh, and that Lazarus was her Lazarus and Mary were her younger siblings, right. and and so as we start to peel apart some of what you just beautifully opened up for us, I just say, why don't we? You know, Mary's at Jesus's feet. So if we know Martha is the one who's who is, well, wait a minute. Martha loves Jesus, and Jesus loves Martha, right? We're told that in John's Gospel. Jesus mm-hmm. loves Martha. And Jesus, she goes out and meets Jesus when he's coming to meet. You know, to, yeah, you, if you were here, my brother would not have yeah. died. Yeah. 
and they get into the whole conversation, which leads to those great words, I am the way and the life, you know, and, and, and where Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life, whoever believeth in me shall. I mean, that what we say on the way up the aisle, and Martha says, I know I believe that I believe in all this mm-hmm. stuff. So Martha should not get a bad rap here, right? right? And then we get into, but Mary, three times Mary is at Jesus's feet. Now we start to settle into like the merriness of this. And she is, uh, when, when Mary goes out in John's gospel, she falls to, his, to Jesus's feet and says, Lord, if you were here, my brother would not have died. Mm-hmm. And then um, in, that's in chapter 11 and chapter 12, she washes his feet with the, 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 the costly nard. Mm-hmm. And then she dries with her hair, which has got to be about the most incredibly, um, I don't know, it borders on spiritually erotic mm. uh, uh, um, love. Is it, is it clear that's and, the same Mary? Yeah, and in John's gospel in that portion okay. is. Oh wow, yes. that's so amazing. Yeah, okay. it's not as it's really told in one other story. So now we have three times Mary is at his feet, plus our gospel yeah. today. Right. And, and to be at someone's feet is, you know, to be at the foot of their authority. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and I would say not only at the foot of authority, but for the desire for intimacy. Yes. You know? Right. Uh, I know, I love the personalities of these two. Yeah. I mean, they, you've characterized Martha so vividly, and, you know, we all are, or we know a person who's not afraid to call out what they're seeing, you know? Jesus, if you'd been here, you know, where have you been? And then here she's, she's like, Mary's just sitting there while I'm doing all the work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, so. personality type. Yeah, and so now we get into family functioning yeah. here, so, or dysfunctioning here. That's the incredible thing here. Yeah. It's just what you said, is that Martha, they must be pretty close to Jesus because she, just what you said, triangulation, she mm-hmm. brings Jesus into their family issues mm-hmm. and even says, do you not care? I love that. I love do that. you not care? Right. Uh, and we hear that, remember, in, in Mark's gospel, yeah. when the disciples are in the boat and they're going to die in the storm and Jesus is resting on the pillow in the back and the disciples are, do you not care that we are perishing? We're going to die here, dude. Right. And uh, we get the same, like, do you not care? Right. I love it. It's just an accusation to Jesus. Yeah. In other words, it's like saying, you do not care. Right. I mean, you know. Right. Right. Uh, I mean, I know. And I think anyone with siblings has had this experience at home. <laughs> this is like this is like the, the, the Walsh the Walsh kids doing dishes <laughs> after a massive meal. Like in the kids going, do you not care? I'm going to leave all the names out of this. But do you not care that what fill in the blank is not helping with the dishes? Right. I mean, it's, we get that same family triangulation right. periodically in our household. Yeah. Poor single kids who have no sibling to, to turn oh, to play. Well, oh, that's, right? yeah. Oh, that's funny. Um, hmm. I like this, you know, the, the Greek, I'm, I always get fascinated by some of the Greek, but this phrase, there is need of only one thing. Oh, yeah. I guess apparently there are textual variants in the right. manuscripts available, but... One of them has, you know, henos de est in crea. One is, but one is a necessity. One thing is needed. And then the other one is ogon, you know, de est in crea. But few, you know, you're busy with many things, but few are necessary. Right. And I sort of like that one. Uh, they, they both make sense. They both kind of steer Martha into prioritizing her, her life. But I love the idea that, you know, we get so busy and very few things are absolutely necessary. I mean, some are totally necessary, but the idea that just one thing is necessary, um, yeah. I think obviously Jesus, if that's the, the real translation or the better one, then you know, Jesus is narrowing us into a single priority, which is to, to remain focused on him. And of course, you know, that is, I think the priority, or the lens through which we do or, or contemplate anything. <clears throat> but, um, you know, to me, it calls me into reflecting in my life, 
what what are what in this moment is absolutely necessary. I mean, mm. obviously, things in life are necessary. Yeah. You can't not do your responsibilities and take care of your people and all that thing, all that. But in in a certain moment, which this is, I like that this is, is a snapshot of a certain moment. It's not like Martha for all time or Mary right. for all time. It's like right. in this incident, at that time, there really there wasn't a lot that absolutely had to get done. Maybe, and. Um, she was missing a moment. She was missing a, an opportunity, maybe. Yeah, I, I mean, that in, you're talking about the textual variance, and I must have read over that over and over and over, and, and, and I felt like, oh, I got this, I think, <laughs> right? I mean, I got the drift, but mm -hmm. the actual particularity, like one of them was, you only need to make one dish, not two or three. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, th that was like the translation. Right, the one it, it pot was. meal. Exactly, that, that was, <laughs> that's one of the potential translations, all of which left oh, me really? going. Yeah, yeah. Did, so the, really? Yeah, yeah, so, it, so in other words, it's, it's not, I mean, di driven to distraction by many things, like are you trying to clean the house? I think the interesting thing here is, we've touched on it in previous readings, um, hospitality mm -hmm. is the big deal. And, and so we have Martha as the exemplar of hospitality, mm -hmm. trying to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. But Jesus is a prophet. Mm -hmm. And so now to, to have hospitality for a prophet is actually to listen to the prophet, mm -hmm. not to make a super duper dinner for the prophet. And uh -huh. so what is, you know, in some sense, what is the, the hospitable thing uh, to be done here? And it, you know, I think one of the interesting things as we get again, Jesus, um, Anytime we see Jesus as humanity, we're deepened by the story and his Martha, Martha sort of gently chiding mm -hmm. her, if I, I, I use that word chide, mm -hmm. you know, gently, because everything is gentle, but Martha, Martha, which is also full of love. Mm -hmm. So on the one hand, <coughs> hey, on the one hand, we've all, the Christian tradition, in, as it's lived out in our world today, particularly in the Episcopal Church, is wildly Martha activism. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And in my opinion, and not enough merriness, not right. enough, whew, mm -hmm. you know, not enough quietude yeah. underneath the, the, the very loud activism. Right. Uh, well, I really appreciate it on Sunday, how you had us take a couple of moments to breathe and stop our action, not stop, oh, yeah, but, you know, right. pause in our liturgy to, to literally do that and have silence and breathe. And I think it's something that's really dropped out in our tradition. I know you and I, you and I both yeah. have some form of contemplative practice. And um, it, it used to be a very critical part of Christian practice. And um, I think it, it dropped out for a thousand years, you know, and it's an Eastern thing, but it, it's very much a Christian thing. And it's only been back in our tradition really since the seventies, which in, Traditions years isn't that long, yeah. but I think it's important to remember that it's it's squarely in our tradition to to contemplate in silence and yeah. Well, I would just say we're an Eastern religion too. Last time I checked, the Middle oh, East true. is in that's the true. East. I mean, we are yeah. Christianity is an Eastern religion, and <clears throat> it got put through it got put through the Western meat grinder yeah. in the mes in Western lands. But this is a completely Eastern religion. That's great. Uh, yeah. And the other thing I would say is, uh, you know. Just back to the, the question as we own, we're all Martha. We're just all Martha. Mm -hmm. The question, you know, if we want to talk about that, I, and one of the things I had told you, um, I, I think in the context of another conversation, is, uh, you, you know, the person who helps to take care of my spiritual life, when I do this and I do this and I complain about my Martha exhaustion. So I complain to him about all these funerals. 
I'm exhausted from all these funerals, right? Mm. And he says, well, um, y you have much to care about, uh, and that's your calling, but you've outrun the grace that's provided. And so I think with Martha, we have somebody who's outrun the grace that's provided, mm -hmm. and then she just like hits the wall, right? Mm -hmm. And she just starts triangulating Jesus and saying, you don't care, and pointing her finger at Mary, pointing her finger at Jesus. Yeah. You know, she's just like, she's, she's kinda, kinda losing it mm -hmm. a little bit here mm -hmm. in the midst mm -hmm. of supposedly doing the loving thing, the hospitality thing. Yeah, uh, wow, that's a great phrase, to outrun the grace that's provided. And um, it's very loving. Yet the, I mean, you've just said it, the way that Jesus, I, I mean, the way he says her name twice, I just yeah. think nothing's yeah. wasted in these gospels. They no. don't spill any extra ink for no reason, you know? <laughs> and I think Martha, Martha, you know, there's just so much empathy or understanding or, um, you know, this desire to, to embrace her, I guess. Um, and, and help her see, you know, help reorient her. And I think Jesus is always like reorienting our, our gaze and our direction. And yeah. if, if there's anything to the way he teaches or handles his disciples or anything, it's just, you know, turning their eyes in a different direction. Right, right. And I really like that feeling of the way he talks to her. And it's, it's just so loving. He doesn't shut her down. He doesn't like even buy into what she's saying and get mar get married and just for a few minutes go help your sister you know it's not like that it, yeah. it's the most loving oh, that's thing that's nice can do. that's good he's not the solution maker he just yeah. he's always he's always reverberating on a different level <clears throat> yeah and and he help, you know what could be better than helping her see what she's doing and um it's amazing. Well, I, you know, we're, we're talking about the, the podcast for the last two weeks or the gospel for the last two weeks as these two, as these two uh, pieces of scripture are contiguous and uh, back to timeless characters, timeless teaching. And so uh, we take the Good Samaritan, uh, which you preach so beautifully about on Sunday with its final, you know, uh, who proved to be the neighbor here, right? <laughs> and we live in a world where with its tribalism, uh, we are all, I mean, you, you spoke about it beautifully on Sunday uh, about how we, 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 we knock off and, and um, I want to say pot ourselves up mm -hmm. and silo ourselves and that guy's not my neighbor because he's X, Y, or Z sort mm -hmm. of thing. And now we get, and that's it. So it's a timeless teaching in our world where we all need to learn our neighborliness. And now we get another timeless teaching, which is to say, folks, we all need to turn down the Martha uh, and, and turn up the Mary mm -hmm. in our lives. There's no doubt that in the, in the pace and the craziness of our world that a, what, we li what we bring to this text, the, the sitting at Jesus' feet, the contemplative, the, you know, listen to what Jesus is saying. So mm -hmm. the, the word for saying there is actually logos. Mm -hmm. Listen to his word, yeah. words, you mm -hmm. know, but small l. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we're listening to the words of the word. Yeah. Uh, and, and that as uh, the contemplative tradition that you were talking about, whether or not it's uh, Thomas Keating or John Main, mm -hmm. uh, this is to say that um, in silence, we have Jesus the teacher within. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that's what we do in silence, which is we are, we are calming down, we're demarthering to sit at Jesus' feet, mm -hmm. uh, which is, you know, what we need to do. Yeah, yeah. beautiful. You have a last word for the, the good people of Pod World here? Um, I think that, you know, the, the word and is a very important word. And we always like or better. But, uh -huh. you know, to have contemplation and action yep. is, is really important. And that we can have 
you and me. We can have me and that person who can be so annoying or whatever. Right. You know, that we, we need a little more and and less but and or. Oh, so that's, that's really beautifully said because we turn these, just as you said on Sunday, we turn these scriptures into paradigmatic ideas that we then clump onto. And in part of the Western tradition, certainly there was a movement to say that the contemplative life was of greater value than the active life. Mm-hmm. And this was one of the key scriptures to base that on, which made it so that those in the, at least I'll say in the Roman tradition, which were contemplatives, which is an infinitesimal amount of the Christian, the Christian planet as though they were somehow had a higher ranking mm-hmm. in some kind of hierarchy. I mean, the Protestant movement was to say, was to try to, you know, mm-hmm. whiteboard erase that mm-hmm. here as we, as we start to listen to Jesus' word. You mm-hmm. know, uh, and, and certainly, we are all as Christians to be um, contemplatives in action. Right. Amen to that. Yeah. Okay, everybody. Well, uh, thank God that you've hung in here with us for <laughs> so long with our podcast. We're really grateful uh, that you join us as we work through the word and our being here is an attempt to sit at Jesus' feet. Uh, and to have conversation with him as we have conversation with each other. And you have conversation in some sense with us as you listen to us and with our Lord uh, so that together we might all follow a more holy way with, with, with our man, with Jesus. God bless you all. Take care. Thanks for joining us. Amen.